Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week I am fired up about this topic, unsolicited advice and how not to be the person who gives unsolicited advice. Um, I just came off of a call that we had in the members group and it was this, we had a a guest speaker, it was really great. Um, But at a point the call went to, or the, the workshop really went to like, hey, what advice do you have when, you know, we come out of the ring and someone is coming up to us giving us unsolicited comments or advice or things that we should have done differently or the mistakes that we made or just, you know, generally commenting about the run that we just had, even though we didn't really ask. And it was interesting because our guest speaker is like, I can't think of another sport where that happens. This happens. It's crazy. And we were all like, oh, yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. And uh, it was sort of interesting to see an outsider's perspective of like how ridiculous it is. And yet all of our perspectives of like, oh, yeah, it's normal. Like it happens so often that it's normal. And in summary, I mean, we talked through some particular um, handlers you know, specific issues and specific um, moments. But the consensus was like, oh my God, you got to do a podcast on this. So here we are. I'm doing a podcast on it. And, you know, there's two sides of this coin and we're going to cover the, the, you know, unsolicited advice part first. But the other side of it is like learning not to be that person, right? And learning um, when to give helpful um, maybe insight uh, at the appropriate time uh, or wait till you're asked, um, but or, you know, versus not running up to the person and giving it. But let's be the handler first and let's take it from the, the perspective of, you know, we're all just coming out of the ring. We all just had our run. Again, imagine your sport of choice, you know, are you coming out of the obedience ring, rally ring, you know, agility, draft, whatever, coming off the, off the line of dock diving, you know, of, of you, you had a terrible throw or what have you, right? So pick, imagine your ring and imagine you are just coming out and you are, you know, I don't want to even say confronted because part of it is, is I think that most handlers who give this unsolicited advice are well-meaning. They do think in that moment that they have an insight to share with the handler, with, we'll say us at this point, and they want us to know what it is that they saw in case that that's helpful. Okay. And for the most part, this is a lovely thing about the dog community, right? There, you know, so often we are only competing with ourselves. We're not really You know, someone else doesn't have to lose in order for us to win or in order for us to get the points or the cue or what have you. You know, for the most part, you know, we're all out there being able to pursue our individual goals. And that's lovely. Okay. And so I don't think that most people who come running up to us after a run are doing it with anything other than positive intentions. Okay. 
I'm going to just, I'm going to say that very, I think it's very important to realize that. And it's important for us to know that because it will shape how we respond. Okay. And we're going to get to that, but it's important that we realize or acknowledge that, you know, most of the time people mean well, or they think that they saw something um, that might help you, that if you knew what they saw, that that would be insightful. And like I said, I think it's a positive aspect of the dog community because some of us train alone. Um, some of us, you know, are trained with instructors, but our instructors aren't there. So it is helpful to have another set of eyes. You know, we aren't always videoing whatever kind of a run that we're doing. So feedback is important. All of those are reasonable, important um, things that would make someone's advice or input helpful. Okay. Where it all falls apart, and we've all been there, is when we get that advice when we didn't ask, or we're not ready to receive it, or we're not ready to hear it, or we just came out of the ring and we're like, that person's in between us and our jackpot, or, you know, us and celebrating with our dogs, right? And so let taking the handler's perspective first and then later we'll take the other side of it. But taking the handler's perspective first, I think we it is helpful to be sort of prepared with or think through, what would you say? What would be some responses that you could give in that moment that would be a wonderful boundary for you and make you feel safe? Because I think that's part of what we react to, right? We come out of the ring and maybe we made a mistake or something didn't go smoothly, otherwise why would this person be giving us their insight? And we, it's kind of vulnerable, right? And you know, there's already a judge in the ring, like how many judges do we need in the world? You know, we got judges outside the ring, inside the ring, you know, um, on Facebook, there are judges everywhere. So um, I think we're feeling really vulnerable. And I think that we're already feeling like, ugh, I made a mistake. There's all, we're already having a feeling about it, right? In the best case scenario, we are walking out of the ring knowing that we made a mistake, but actually being pleased with maybe we achieved our process goals. Recent example, I was in agility. If you follow this podcast at all, you know that Moxie and I are working on her weave poles and getting them in competition because, of course, they're perfect at home. And um, we, the weave poles were like, I'm going to say they were like two thirds into the course. And um, she didn't get them the first time, but she got them, I think, the second or maybe even the third time. And um, she actually popped out at the very end, but I'm working on entrances. And so instead of finishing the course, I kind of waved over my shoulder at the judge and I left the ring and had a party. Okay, because I was wanting her to understand that when you do good weave pulls, there is a reward waiting for you. Okay, and this is something I'm trying to build. All right. To a whole bunch of other people, that would have looked like a fail because, of course, we did not cue. That was the third attempt at the wheat bowls. And even the third attempt that I was celebrating, she actually popped out. Am I rewarding popping out? We could have a discussion about that later. Um, but what I was rewarding is her, fa- she got in, she stayed in, she did them quickly. Okay. My choice. I come out of the ring, I'm happy. Someone else, not knowing what our journey is, could look at that and be like, oh, well, what are you rewarding? Are you rewarding that? Like, that's crazy. Like, how are you working? Are you practicing in this at home? Like, I've gotten so much 
unsolicited advice about how to train my dog's weave poles, I can't even begin to tell you. And this is on top of the advice I've asked for from both people I respect, um, my fellow trainers where I train, and my instructors like in our classes. Like this is this is a problem I'm actively trying to solve. And so for me to come out of the ring, I have a couple choices in that moment. I can continue celebrating and I can be in this happy headspace. And if someone comes up to me and gives me advice about what I should be doing differently or that I made a mistake or I shouldn't do what I'm doing or whatever, whatever, I can either, um, I've, well, I have many choices. In my head, snarky comes to mind, but I don't do that um, because I do pause and think they mean well and they may or may not know this journey that we're on. Um, so the first thing I always do is pause. And then I try to think about, like, am I happy though? Like, am I happy? If I'm happy with it, that's all that matters. If I'm happy and my dog's happy and we're in a partnership and we're connected, then maybe I was able to accomplish my process goals and maybe I'm happy with my run. So then in that moment, after pausing, I can say something like, yeah, but I'm, I'm actually really happy with her progress today and leave it, right? Or you can just say, thanks, yep, we, um, I definitely am, I'm, I'm happy that we're working our plan. Um, so you may need to have something at the ready if you are someone who cannot, you know, think of that in the moment that you can just say that sort of says like, yep, I hear you, thanks, I've got a plan, right? Or maybe you can say, thanks, I'd actually like to hear more later. Like if it's someone you like and respect and you want to hear what they have to say, you can say, that's, oh my, thanks for watching. Can we talk about this later? I want to finish jackpotting my dog, right? And most people will go like, oh yeah, yeah, take care of your dog, take care of your dog, take care of your dog, right? So you have to think about, you have to know for yourself. No one else can do this part for you. You have to know for yourself, what is the experience you want to have when you come out of the ring as well? What are your post-run rituals, right? We talk a lot about having pre-run rituals or like on at the on deck rituals. What are your post-run rituals? Do you just run for the treats? Are you always, you know, in a reward mode? Um, if, you know, it's a bad run, are you going to do a walk of shame to the car? Are you like, what is your plan? Don't let your plan end with the last jump, obstacle, exercise, sign, whatever Make sure that your plan extends all the way until your dog is back in its crate, in the car, wherever it's going, right? Because that might include a cool down, that might include jackpot, that might include, I don't know, just taking a walk and unwinding together or something. And part of that is having that is gives you something to protect and have something around boundary, have boundaries around. And when you have that, someone else comes into that space, into your post ritual space, you can easily say, hey, thanks so much for watching. Can we talk later about this? I want to finish up here first. Okay. Or, oh my God, th- you know, I'm, I'm, thanks. I didn't even know you were watching. Great. Thanks. Let me, let me, let's circle back on that. And just let them know in a very polite, kind, but kind of boundary way that like, I'm not ready to talk about this, but thank you for thinking of me. Okay. So in that way, you sort of acknowledge and you hope and you 
assume that they're doing it with the best of intentions, but you also draw a boundary, which boundaries are not negative, by the way. If anyone ever, if you have that thought in your head, you need to get rid of it because boundaries are great. Boundaries like take care of you and your dog. It's a way to hold a space, like a bubble around you and your dogs that where you can feel like safe and you get what you need out of the moment. Okay, so think of it that way. But think about what is your post ritual and how will you answer somebody who's coming into that space when you're not ready? You don't have to be ready. You don't have to take everybody's advice. You don't have to take anybody's advice, right? And you can or don't have to circle back with that person and say, hey, tell me more. All right. Or if you think you were short with them, you know, because you were just coming out and they caught you off guard, you can circle back with them later and say, hey, sorry if I were short was short with you. I just was, you know, I've got like, you know, kind of a post game ritual that I really like to do. And, you, you know, you just caught me off guard, you know, um, don't if you assume the worst, though, then you're going to not want to pause and you're going to want to, well, maybe it's just me. I'm going to want to say the snarky thing, right? But if I pause and I think, okay, this person means well, they just don't realize that this is the bad time, that I can address and do it in a very kind, um, gracious, even thankful way, um, especially if they're, because there's a lot of smart people at dog shows too. Like I might want their perspective, you know, Um, but I just might not want it now. Okay. So making sure that you have a post run ritual and that it is important enough to you that you prioritize coming up with a few things to say to people who interrupt the time between the moment you cross out of the ring and the moment that dog is put away. And that could be 20 minutes, right? Depending on if you're doing a cool down or you know, if your dog is the dog that likes to potty after, not before, you know, like, I don't know, whatever that is for you. And so you need to have that ritual. And that ritual has to be important enough that you are willing to say to anyone who comes into that space at that moment, can I get back to you later? Can we have this conversation later? Thanks for watching, you know, interesting, you know, interesting perspective. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still processing the run, right? Um, you know, uh, some people like will come out of the woodwork, right? People you didn't even think were watching or didn't even know you. And they'll be like, oh my God, you know, your dog was crazy that run. And you're like, oh, thank, you know, and sometimes I just say, oh, thanks. Thanks for watching, you know, or thanks so much, you know, like you in that moment, you don't owe anyone an explanation, Okay. I would like everybody to be graceful and kind. (laughs) Okay. But you don't have to defend anything. And I, I mean, I want to put that on a billboard. You don't owe anyone an explanation, nor do you have to defend your run or anything that just happened in the ring. You don't. All of that is between you, your dog, your own goals, your own process goals. That's all personal stuff. So I always, in those moments, stop short of explaining or defending. I try to just say, thanks so much. Let me, uh, you know, I'm going to think about that. I'm sorry, I'm kind of in a different headspace right now um, because I really don't want to focus on what they're saying, right? I want to focus on my dog because my post-ritual is important 
And in that example I gave earlier about the weave poles, coming out and jackpotting her was actually an important part of my plan. Like that was a planned thing. Like I even placed my jackpot treats in a particular location thinking through, okay, if she does the weaves and we end up leaving the ring and not doing the end of the course and coming out the fastest and safest path to run a like kind of an adrenaline, you know, because coming out of the agility ring, sometimes those dogs are hyped up. So, you know, bringing a hyped up dog out of the ring, the best path is here. I'm going to put my treats here and that's where I'm going to do jackpot. Okay, got it. Okay. So I had planned all that out. And then once my dog has been jackpotted, then either I take her to the car or then we can chitter chat, right? But I planned that out. So if anyone had interrupted that, I would have just said, thanks, hang on, you know, jackpotting and just run past them. So, but that is because my post-run ritual is important to me. And in that moment, it was even part of my training plan. Like where I rewarded my dog and how I was going to do that It was a plan, which I would like you to have, okay? So if this is a problem for you, just have a couple phrases like ready to go. Just kind of think through a couple things that you might say um, to someone who interrupts your post-run ritual because after this, of course, you're going to have one, (laughs) all right? Um, You're going to have a post-run ritual because that's your homework, okay? Or, you know, be aware this weekend as you're trialing what you already do. Like maybe you already have a post-run ritual. You're just not realizing that you do. And you just can make it a little more um, formal, for lack of the right word. Okay. So let's talk about being on the other side. If we don't want unsolicited advice, then we should not give unsolicited advice. Okay. So let's try to ourselves be very aware of what we say to people who have just run, okay? And so, um, and, and actually, like, I, I really can't think of a time that I have given unsolicited advice to anyone that I wasn't already engaged with about that topic. And what I mean is... Um, if I was already talking to someone about like, let's say they were having a problem with, I don't know, the figure eight in obedience and we'd just been talking about it and they wanted me to watch or they wanted, you know, me to pay attention. Um, I'm not going to offer that the second they come out of the ring, faux show, because I don't like it. Why would I do that to anybody else? But then later I'm going to be like, okay, I watched. This is what I saw. I don't know if you felt that. But I hope that in that moment, there's already almost a pre, pre-approved, <laughs> right? A, um, a previous um, agreement of sorts that we're going to talk about that as training partners or friends, um, what have you. Because, you know, oftentimes we're trying to work through a training issue and we want people's input and we want people to watch. But in that way, there's kind of a, like, I don't know, I can't think of a better word than like kind of an unspoken agreement that we're trying to solve this together, right? Like in that experience this weekend for me, um, running out of the ring after my weave pulls, um, a friend who, and a client who's, she and I had been talking about it the day before said, hey, I saw you. Now, she didn't say this 
at the end of the run, she said it, I don't know, maybe an hour or two later. And I was, and she's like, I saw what you did. And I was like, yeah. And did you see, I just took her out earlier. She's like, yep, saw it. That was great. Da, 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 da. That's great. That's what we need out of each other. That's the kind of support we need as fellow handlers. That is beautiful. Chef's kiss, bliss. I love it. 10 out of 10. That's how it should be. All right. But we need to be aware that if we're the kind of person who just can't stand it, we just got to say something. Um, Just say it not at that time. Just be aware. Raise your awareness of like when you are telling people that. And maybe is there a better time when they can be more receptive? Because quite frankly, you might have the most smartest, most genius insight ever of all insights to tell me, but I won't be as receptive when I'm walking out of the ring as I will be maybe an hour later or when I don't have my dog in my hand or because maybe I'm running to get another dog. Maybe I have a conflict. So let's promise to be those people who are just more aware and of what's happening in that moment. Okay. And the same goes for even like the very general, um, you know, how, how to go kind of thing that a lot of people, a lot of us all say to each other, right? I've heard it, you know, how'd it go? How'd you do? How was your morning? Did you get it? Da, 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 da. You know, I think there's some better ways to phrase that too. That is more like, how's your day? How, are you having fun? You know, um, are, you know, are you smiling today? You know, those kinds of things I think are much more productive and positive because I think sometimes when you, we ask how to go, how'd you do, that is really asking, did you cue? subliminally, maybe you mean it that way. Maybe you don't. And maybe the person you're asking takes it that way, which I realize you have no control how someone takes what it is that you're saying necessarily. But I think that we can phrase it a different way to kind of take the pressure off of the outcome response and open it up to, I don't know, how are you work? How's your day going? Like, what are you working on today? So for me in that moment, if someone would have said like, did you get it? right? So which is a very common thing to ask at an agility trial. I would have to say, no, I left early, right? Using that, that um, weave pull example that I shared. I'd have to say like, nope, didn't get it, left early. And they'd be like, oh, wow, you left early. It must have been bad. <laughs> when really, I left early to have a jackpot. Okay, so it's, it's harder for me to respond with a very genuine Hey, we actually, we were working on the weaves. We left early, got the jackpot, and off we got. Um, but we feel pressure in the moment. Sort of when someone asks you, like, hey, good morning, how's it going? And you're like, eh, they only want to know that fine is the answer, <laughs> right? So I think that we can start a little something-something, right? And we can start asking, you know, more supportive questions. And we can start making sure that we're not the person giving advice when advice isn't ready to be heard. Um, And we can continue to be these people who know that there are more than enough green ribbons out there for all of us and that we just want to support each other in a sport that we're all doing because we love and we love our dogs. And, you know, that old adage is true. No matter what happens during your day, you're going home with the best dog. And so I think that's really important. And I think it's really like it's it's good sportsmanship. but it's also polite and kind and in a society that is getting a little carried away with, uh, I don't know, hearing themselves talk. <laughs> I 
don't know, maybe I'm just watching too much TikTok. Uh, I think that we can be those people who are there to straighten other people's crowns, but not tell them it was crooked to begin with, right? I love that meme. It's a fave. Um, so yeah. So anyway, food for thought for the weekend as you go off and do your sports. Um, I hope wherever you are, you're staying cool, I guess, speaking to my Northern Hemisphere folks. And um, yeah, I just hope that this sticks in your head as ways that we can influence how that portion of the, 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 dog, the dog sports work right? Because I think that that is a very easy thing that we can all influence, okay? So that's my challenge for you this weekend. Think about that and think about what your post-run rituals are and what that means to you and, and how important that is and why it's worth protecting and then how that kind of folds into um, helping other people but doing it when they're ready to hear it. And, um, and hopefully you will get wonderful advice this weekend when you want it, (laughs) okay? That really helps you and elevates you, okay? All right, that's all I got. Um, And I hope that whatever you're doing this weekend, you have a wonderful week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.